Greetings. Welcome to the Papa Pank Podcast. I am Justin Jane, and this is my friend and my co-host, Jaylene Clark Owens. There's a lot of gray in the world. We think it needs a little more pink, a Papa Pank. We are Philly-based, multi-hyphenated, and award-winning actors taking on all things arts and culture in this joy-forward and ever-playful variety podcast. You are listening to our theme song composed by Jordan McCree, member of the band Ill Dudes. We welcome you, our Pank Papas, both old and new. Please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate y'all. And with that, let's get it started. (laughs) Well, you know what we have to do, Jaylene? What do we have to do, Justin? We have to wake up the kitchen gods because we have a foodie in the house on this episode. She also happens to be one of my nearest and dearest friends. My Philly sister from another Mr. Bijan No is in the house. She and I have basically uh, grown into adults alongside one another and may very well be the person I've done the most project with between shows, readings, workshops, and everything in between. Um, When I started my career in Philly 20 plus years ago, I was basically the only AAPI performer, that's Asian American Pacific Islander performer, who was sticking around. A lot of people were here, but then they would leave. Um, And then when B hit the scene, I finally had a literal partner in crime. I mean, we 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 haven't like committed actual crimes yet, but unless okay. you count stealing the hearts of audiences everywhere, <laughs> she, is, um, she is wildly talented, hilarious. She tells the best stories and is with us today. And as I said, she can talk and eat about food till the cows come home. I wish podcasts had a taste option because her cooking is also amazing. And I'm sure we'll also hear all about the loved ones in her life, especially her gargantuan dog. Archie. Um, I've talked about her a ton on the show back when I was plugging the Chinese lady when she played the title role. And so I'm so excited to finally have her here. Yes, yes, yes. I am also so excited to have be with us today. Now, if you were with us last episode, you saw us celebrate our 50th live episode. We shared 50 things on various topics and even introduced a new game to our pink uh, game segment called Mad Gab, which I was not very good at. Um, But one thing I am good at is making a toast to good times and good friends. And we've got both today. So Justin, I think it's about that time. Get your glass of weekend clank. It's time for that. Papa drank. Papa drank. Papa drank. Papa drank. Papa drank. And, and cheers. cheers. And, and cheers. cheers. All right. Oh, okay, Jaylee, what are you drinking tonight? I'm having a little Tropicana Caribbean sunset juice (laughs) with a splash, just a little splash of Bones Virgin Islands rum. Shout out to my people who are from the Virgin Islands, my family. Why are you drinking this tonight? I'm drinking this tonight because I felt I wanted to be extra pinky in this, you know. It's pink. It's It's glowing. It's pink. So... You know, at the last minute, I decided, you know what? 
what pink beverage do I have in the fridge? And so, yes, because I'm so, I'm tickled so pink, which we'll talk about later, but I'm just, I'm tickled so pink about B being on the show. So I was like, I want my drink ah. to be very pink to match. Yes. <laughs> what well, are you drinking? In honor of our guest as well, I have also gone classy with a glassy of red winey. <laughs> I happen to know that Bijan No is a wino. And she told me how boxed wine got her through lockdown. And since we are locked down to this episode, <laughs> I am also drinking some Boda Box Pinot Noir. It's classy in a pinch. This is actually all the Boda Box wines I can't talk highly enough of. Um, okay. I love boxed wine. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we'll get a boxed wine sponsor. One oh, day. Sponsors. Thank Papa. You let us know what you are drinking out there. Please write it down in the comments. What are you having today? Let us know. Okay. Yes. Because as you can see from my drink, I am very tickled pink. Uh. <laughs> us to our next segment. Tickled Pank. Now, Tickled Pank is where we usually talk about something that has recently been bringing us joy and is a bit of a catch-up for Justin and I. So, Justin, what has got you Tickled Pank these days? Okay, well, I am um, vibing on two big things for me this week. The first is I celebrated my anniversary with Adam, 17 years. We ate uh, Kalaya Thai Kitchen. Uh, that's uh, a restaurant in South Philly at 9th and Catherine. It was delicious. This is what we ate last year in lockdown. And um, if you like Thai food, it is a little bit spicy, but I can't plug it enough. Kalaya Thai Kitchen. That was so, so good. But um, it, in terms of arts and culture, one of the big things I'm vibing on is I went to Williamsburg with Paul last week on a New York trip. We saw the Broadway show Slave Play by Jeremy O'Harris and the new musical Hades Town. Both were really, really exciting, really, really good. Um, Slave Play, I'm just going to leave it to audience members if they're interested, any of our listeners. Go go look it up, but don't look too much. There's a lot of spoilers out there, but it was a very thought-provoking, um, funny and uh, kind of like gut-wrenching play. And then Hades Town is a modern retelling of the Orpheus and, um, oh my gosh, Orpheus and Eurydice story. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like New Orleans-y and the music was really fun. And it was just really fun to be back on Broadway seeing the shows. I, I was a little bit weird about like, they packed us in. I was like shoulder to shoulder with strangers. I was double masked like KN95. Okay, give me all the 95s put them on my face mm -hmm. and I was just like, just stay facing forward, breathe my own musk and enjoy the show. <laughs> I did. And you so, made it. I made it. And it, those are good plays. I think it was really fun. I, it reminded me to be like, Oh, right. I enjoy being an audience as well as being on stage. But Jaylene, what has you tickled pink right now? For those, for those. <laughs> yep. I'm just, Ooh, the words for those, for <laughs> Peppa Pig. We're at another Peppa Pig moment. In the last episode, for our listeners out there, you'll know that she done, she called this show Peppa Pank. It was and more I like Peppa Pep. Peppa Pep. Oh, here Peppa on Peppa Pep. Pep. 
letters to Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig. And now we have a sponsor, Peppa Pig. So we want to just thank our sponsor, Peppa Pig, for for always being himself a Papa Pank. That makes me tickle Pank. And what also has me tickled Pank is that recently I got to do a virtual poetry workshop with the Wilma Theater's all-star group, which is a group of young people. And um, it was just it was just great to be back doing a poetry workshop for those who may be new here. Um, in addition to being an actress, I'm also a spoken word poet. So I do teaching artists workshops about poetry. And it was just great. I love hearing young people do their own poetry, creating work with them. It's just it's very, it's very special. So I was very tickled pink about that. Um, and then also I got to catch up with some friends that I have not um, spoken to in a bit, haven't seen in a while. And we just got together on Zoom and we did that. We caught up and it was just really nice to see my friends' faces, mm-hmm. you know, since I haven't been able to see them in person, at least being able to see them on the computer screen was nice and to just catch up. So Aww. that had me very tickled Peg. I love all of that. All of that news is absolutely popping. And speaking of popping, I think it is about that time for the segment you've all been waiting for. Pop in with Papa Pank. So we here at Papa Pank love this segment because this is our chance to catch up with some of our industry friends and share with our audience a little bit about their processes and personal stories as professional artists. This is where you've seen us hang out with folks like James Imes, Davi Digg, Robin Hood, Tasha Marie Canales, Mama Pat, and a host of other TV stage and music artists. Um, so yeah, well, who do we have on today? We are so excited to welcome our special guest, Bijan No. Now, let me get into this bio before we bring her up. Bijan No is a Philadelphia-based, Barrymore Award-winning actress, a director, adjunct assistant professor, and very loving dog mom. <laughs> we most recently appeared in The Chinese Lady at Interact Theater, directed by the fabulous Justin Jane. She is about to start rehearsals at the Arden Theater Company in the world premiere of R. Eric Thomas's play, Backing Track, and she is working on her solo show. And Eric Thomas is a friend of the podcast, you may remember. Yes, he's a former guest. And she is working on her solo show, In Search of the Kitchen Gods, which premieres this spring at 1812 Productions. So we are going to hear about all these things and more. So Pank Papa's out there. Get your comments ready. Get ready to show some love as we welcome to the stage. And Justin is going to bring her out. We welcome Bijan No. Welcome, B. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? And what's your papa drank tonight? Oh my gosh, I'm doing so great because I love seeing your faces through the screen and I want to kiss and hug you. Um, So it's so good to see friends, even if we can't be in person. Jaylene, like you said, it's like having this virtual, you know, connection. It's awesome. Uh, I have a sparkling rosé, you know, which is pink also. So I just want to raise my glass to you. Cheers. 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 (laughs) 
Okay, B, so we're going to ask you a few questions, and then because we're all about the shenanigans, we're going to play some games. Um, so our Pank Papas out there and our live audience, if you have questions, drop them in the comments, and we'll do our best to get some of those answered. Do you want? Are you ready for our questions, B? Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. So how did you come to call Philadelphia your theater home, and would you say that it has shaped your career? Uh, answering backwards, yes, Philadelphia has absolutely shaped my career in the best way um, because the ecosystem here is amazing. Like you two know, um, just there's a more egalitarian accessible space uh, in Philly. I came out of an MFA program in New York. I was at the Actors Studio Drama School. And right out of that, I did a rock musical um, that we ran for three weeks at La Mama's Cabaret Space. And I played the estranged daughter of a country music uh, rock star who'd like gone off the rails and it was crazy. And um, and the after doing that, I worked at like a bank and you know, it was like a rat race in New York. I was like auditioning and also like temping full time. And it just, the world was hard, you know? Mm -hmm. And I got a call to do a Philadelphia Young Playwrights professionally produced play at Philadelphia Theater Company when it was part of Plays and Players, like when that was the building where it was centrally located. My older brother, Dot, was a directing fellow at PTC. So he was part of the reason, you know, they needed an Asian actress. And he's like, I think my sister's like getting out of school. Um, so there was a casting director at the time at PTC named Lois Kitts. She called me and she was like, oh, I saw this backstage article about you and your friends. Do you want to come down and do this thing? But I did this young playwrights play. And wouldn't you know it, in the cast is Dan Kim, who was just in The Chinese Lady with me. Um, oh, so that was when I met him. It was when I met Makoto Hirano, who's directing my solo piece uh, this spring. Um, it was when I met... James Chen. Oh, James, he went to Yale and now he's like a movie star and TV star. Um, he was like on three seasons of The Walking Dead, you know, so it was this nexus of like awesome people. And out of that, um, agents used to come see our shows like they came to see a Philly Young Playwrights show. I got an agent out of this Philly Young Playwrights show and I started doing industrials and local commercials and um I was like, wow, Philly's happening. So I slept on my brother's couch for like a month. And he was like, are you going to get an apartment here? And then my friend Gloria in New York was like, are you coming back to New York? And I think I was dating a guy. And he was like, are you coming back to New York? <laughs> and I was like, uh, I think I'm staying here. So Philly wow. just became my home. I just, I didn't leave. Mm. And you've had like a million different jobs when you landed in Philly. So you were a banker in New York. And then what did you do in Philly? I waited tables. Oh my God. I helped reopen the old original bookbinders, which wow. no longer exists in its pure form. Mm. Jose Garces bought it. Mm. Uh, and so the old, the old tavern is what it is. And oh my gosh. I mean, talk about good food. Mm. What it was like fine dining. There was like this amazing like Bible of like a wine list that mm. had like like Opus One was like one of the bottles that you know like a month's rent couldn't pay for that bottle and right. like there were lobsters like 
the size of Archie. My dog Archie, by the way, everyone is like a hundred pounds, like mastodon. But they were like lobsters. There were these shellfish towers that like mm. had like oysters and clams and like shellfish, all the raw bar stuff. There were giant mm. steaks like the size of my abdomen. Um, so I made a shit ton of money. Oh, sorry, curse. But I made so much money. It was like right. It was like a couple years before the big recession, you know. And people were just throwing down $100 a head per night on like a Tuesday night to like wine and dine clients or like whatever. It was like a rat, like just a rad time to be in fine dining. Mm. And, um, I told Justin these stories, but, you know, I kind of like, I took a little detour from acting. I like waited tables. I like took myself to Miami, like all the time. I like just made whatever cash and just like went places and drank both Clicquot every night. I mean, I was crazy. You were an A-list, like Philly, like girl about town. That's amazing. And um, I know, I was just crazy. Well, I love that food is also like a big part of it. And uh, I've been talking you up this whole episode about your love of food and it's clearly like in one of your passions. So where does that love of food come from? And what is something tickling you, Pank, uh, food related nowadays? Oh my God. Uh, so, you know, my parents are Vietnamese. My mom was such a good cook. Mm. And I think my earliest memories are of her feeding me. Mm. And mm. for us, you know, you don't love someone unless you feed them. And to feed someone is to care. So I think my whole life, I've just, I've just had to always be eating feeding someone and my mark, like my marker of whether or not someone is like really in my life is like how much I want to feed them, you know? Um, yeah. But what's tickling me pink? Oh my God. So, you know, I'm trying to be like 2022, like healthy, think about the future for like the health of my body and for the, the sake of humanity and the environment. So I'm doing what a lot of people are doing, which is like trying to go meatless for most of the week. I mean, you know, it's hard because so much of my cuisine is like mm -hmm. pork and shrimp and, you know, but I'm trying to adapt more recipes to be, you know, vegetarian, vegan. Mm. So it's really exciting and it's really hard. Yeah. I, I feel the exact same way. Yeah. My brother, he went uh, vegetarian last oh. year and it is almost like a sacrilegious in my family but also right. like almost impossible in filipino cuisine if it's if it doesn't have meat in it, it at least has meat byproducts in it you've got broths and fats and all kinds of different things so good on you i want to try one of your vegetarian vegan dishes me too <laughs> mushrooms mushrooms yeah. are the secret yes mushrooms and i mean it's hard it's like fat is flavor so getting around the whole idea of like how do you yeah. How do you get to the fatty, the fatty flavor? Just yeah. difference. You gotta you gotta work with different spices. It's like a different mindset, but nuts, what, puree what nuts. Oh yes, puree nuts, cashews. I just, I just did that. I just cooked with both of those things. Yes, literally. This is also deja vu. That's funny. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so you mentioned um, in telling your Philly story how your castmate, you met your castmate from the Chinese lady that first year you came here, which I think is just so cool. I love 
full circle moments like that. But speaking about that show, you absolutely killed as Afong Moy in The Chinese Lady at Interact Theater. Amazing job. Directed by my friend and my co-host, Justin Jane. And you played a Chinese lady while being an actress who has Vietnamese heritage. Heritage. Have you had many opportunities to play characters who identify as AAPI throughout your career? And have any of them been Vietnamese? You know, not Vietnamese specifically. Mm -hmm. okay. I I mean, I think I think our Eric Thomas will him writing that role to be Vietnamese in backing track coming up might be the first Vietnamese specific character oh. I've ever had a chance to play. Nice. And well, not really nice that you haven't, but nice that you will. Yeah. Thank God. I mean, you, did, you made Tinkerbell Vietnamese. She spoke I Vietnamese. Did. But you know, yes, Tinkerbell was Vietnamese. I mean, Justin, yeah. you say something that I, I constantly borrow which is the character becomes inherently whatever culturally specific experience and narrative I possess because I'm the person who's mm -hmm. inside of the character. Mm -hmm. So yes, every character is it, that is nondescript becomes Vietnamese because yeah. I'm Vietnamese. Yes. But that's the thing. It's like when I've had to play Asian characters, they've been like awesome contemporary Asian playwrights who've written from their experience. And mm. I've mostly been in Chinese and Korean narratives. Mm. And so, you know, this this play, you know, our Eric Thomas is a Vietnamese, but it's the first time someone's writing a Vietnamese character that I'm stepping into. Um, and also because, you know, like Miss Saigon never appealed to me. You know, I think I was... I was forced to go to a catacall for Miss Saigon as a student. As you know, mm -hmm. it's like everyone has to go audition for an open call and B, you need to go do this because this role is for you. And I remember everyone had shown up in like mini skirts and little tanks and like like they've been rehearsing the roles for years, but everyone showed up ready to be cast as, you know, one of the call girls. Mm. And I was like, what am I? Mm -hmm. What is this? Like I I don't think this is why I want to be an actor, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like forever in a day, the only Vietnamese role that I could think of in theater was Miss Saigon and the prostitutes in the play. Mm. And it wasn't until recently with like, like a playwright, like Queen Nguyen, you know, writing, writing from my age group and writing from the Vietnam War experience or his parents' Vietnam War experience that I started seeing like, a very specific narrative that spoke to me. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's it's funny. Like there's been so many times when I've stepped where I've stepped into a role and I'm like, it might've been written for someone who was white or like someone was like, oh, I'll just colorblind cast. And they didn't expect me to do something with it. And I was like, mm -hmm. well, this person's Vietnamese. Like Tinkerbell speaks Vietnamese. That's her language. And so Chris Bresky, who played Peter Pan at Arden, he learned Vietnamese, he weren't learned the Vietnamese phrases to have conversations with me in nice. Yeah. Oh, nice. so how was that experience on Chinese Lady for you? What was the hardest thing? The and hardest thing? Yeah. Um, the hardest thing was, oh my God, everything. The hardest thing was <laughs> the best, the best thing and the hardest thing was just uh I think 
just making sure that we were honoring Afang Moy at every moment and that we didn't compromise Afang Moy or our experience as Asian artists for a white gaze. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and I love that that we could have these conversations with each other and with other Asians in the room and just like constantly remind ourselves why we were telling the story, for whom we were telling the story. Um, so I think the biggest challenge was also the biggest honor, right? Yeah. Like, mm. like getting it right, which was our version of getting right, but like yeah. getting it right to me meant, you know, is Afa Moy going to be proud of us? Is yep. Afa Moy going yep. to? Is, is wherever she is, and sometimes I felt she was in the space, you know, what's she gonna say? Yeah. You're, yes, yes, I, I hear my story. And mm. yes, I also hear your story within my story, you know? Yeah, and I felt like this responsibility, it's just like, um, you know, we get, it's so rare that we as people of color in this whole room get to like tell our stories. And so it becomes super like precious and, uh, I think it birthed a lot of really exciting conversations and uh, helped us move through some of the hard stuff, but was ultimately really rewarding at the end. Um, yeah, so B, you've been so dedicated to Philly and our Philly theater community, and you've been like a trailblazer as an AAPI artist advocate. What do you think is our responsibility as minority artists to the future of Philly? <sighs> That's a loaded question. I know. I'm just curious like, what you think on that. No, no, no. I mean, because I think, you know, I mean, all three of us have probably like had that moment of like, <sighs> as we grow in our successes and achievements, like what is the responsibility for those that come up after us? Mm -hmm. A, I mean, I always want to be excellent. I don't want to embarrass anyone <laughs> that looks like us. You know what I mean? B, um, I always want to take roles that I can go to sleep feeling good about. It goes back to the Miss Saigon thing because mm -hmm. I, I want to show whoever's coming up the range of possibilities that they can play on stage yes, and that they can do. So over and over now, I'm like, is this play something I want to do? Is it going to show me as an Asian female in a, a position of power, in a position that has agency? Mm -hmm. um, is this a primary character? I don't want to just be a spear carrier in the background. Um, does it have like a clear point of view that I'm, I'm, I'm proud to talk about? Uh, so all those things I think are a big responsibility as an actor. Yeah. So you mentioned the uh, the generation after us. What are some of the other AAP artists in Philly that you that are up and coming that people should know about? I know all of them, but here who's some? Uh, I had the pleasure of um, directing Lexi Tamavong. She's going to be in my workshop tomorrow. Ooh. I love them. Them. Sorry. They, sorry. They they. Why they. I'm so sorry. Um, but. Lexi is exquisite. Lexi graduated from UArts uh, during the pandemic. Lexi is not only just a straight up awesome actor, but uh, a spoken word artist. Uh, yeah, um, Lexi also is an amazing singer, does musical theater. Um, 
Lexi also like creates and make and generates their own work at a young age. So, I mean, I wish I were Lexi at that age, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And like Lexi, um, did a Shakespeare project that I directed uh, for Dell Shakes uh, last summer or the summer before. Um, so just seeing the range of possibility with such a young person who also is game for it and also is like at the forefront of discussing sociopolitical issues and can like tie that into the work. Mm. It's just something I don't think I was ever capable of doing before the age of like 30, you know, and, Here's Alexia, like nineteen twenty, and yeah. like just so with it. Um, yeah. So yeah, everyone hire Lexi. Everyone like work with Lexi. I feel like you know, there's a saying that like um, that at a certain age you should have young mentors, and I'm like working with Lexi, I'm like, oh yeah, Lexi's my mentor, um, <laughs> and I feel the same way. You know, we worked with. Um, a young person named Liana Irvin, Irvine. Mm -hmm. And Liana was our dramaturg on The Chinese Lady. Mm -hmm. And Liana is, uh, I think Liana is an artist in so many ways. And on this project, Liana was a dramaturg. But Liana's got such a beautiful, positive, amazing spirit and also won't take shit from anyone. So mm -hmm. I'm inspired by Liana and I'm like, oh, everyone should have Liana in the room on projects. Mm -hmm. Liana asks a lot of great questions. Liana is able to like draw connections between things that like, again, when I was the age, I was like drinking too hard and like, you know, instead of paying my student loans, buying <laughs> bottles of champagne and like, I don't know, Chicago or whatever, you know, like, yeah. So, um, God, so many. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Liana, Lexi, we have, we have, folks to look out for. Yeah, absolutely. I will, I, well, I'm very excited to to learn more, especially to hear some spoken word. Like mm -hmm. I will be, I will be looking out for, for Lexi. Um, okay. So this is a reminder to our pink papas out there. Please send your questions, write them in the comments. If you have a question for B and we will try to get to the, to get to that question um, before we end our portion here. Um, but my next question is, yes, you talked about your love of food and you talked about, you know, being on the stage, this wonderful career that you've got going in Philly. Can you give us any um, inside scoops on projects that are coming up? Well, uh, I'll be doing backing track at Arden Theater Company uh, this spring. We start rehearsal uh, in a couple weeks. I'm really excited. Our Eric Thomas is so funny and so heartfelt. And this play is so sweet. And mm -hmm. it's, it's doing something that a lot of people aren't doing, which is celebrating, like, the middle class, awesome, like, minority normcore lives that, like, we don't get to see on the stage a lot. Usually it's like trauma or whatever. And this is just like totally enjoyable. There's a lot of karaoke. There's a lot of love. Ooh. There's a lot of like just family connection. Um, so I can't wait to spend a lot of time in that space. You know? What other, can you tell us about your project with 1812? I'm so excited. And I'm so like also nervous because I'm like, oh my God, I'm like making a show and it's a solo show. 
and I feel a lot of pressure, but I'm also excited. Um, and it's called In Search of the Kitchen Gods. It's based on uh, the Vietnamese or my search for the Vietnamese kitchen gods who not only, you know, look over the kitchen, but they make sure that you have health and prosperity for the new year. Um, and my whole life has revolved around food. So it's about my family, my friends, and about what food has meant for me in my life. And so hopefully, you know, everyone gets a little bit of a little bit of food and a lot of good story too, you know? Yeah, I love that's pointing to um, Mama Pat has a question here, which is, hi, B, you are excellent. You talked about acting and directing and are you a writer, your solo piece? So you've talked a little bit about your solo piece, but have you written other things and do you consider yourself a writer? Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I've written here and there. I started as a screenwriter, uh, an undergrad. I spent three years screenwriting and then I worked in ad, like for ad agencies, for boutique ad agencies before I graduated. Mm. So I thought I was gonna be like a writer and then I went and became an actor. Um, so I'm kind of getting back to my roots. But right now, Pat, I'm Miss Pat, I am such a messy writer. It's awesome. And <laughs> it's like, right now, it's like a fever dream of like everything that's like in B's, you know, imagination and brain. I love that phase. This is my favorite phase of making a show when it's just like word vomit, everything's <laughs> out there. Um, so what's next in your career beyond your pro these projects, either personally or professionally, if you have any idea of what's the next thing in this mad, mad world? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I, I love Philly, but I also am like, oh, you know, I should also like aim to like, once in a while, do something elsewhere, whether it's, you know, take six months and just go study with the program and then try to create work in like Northern California because it's so nice up there. Or like, you know, I do feel like a change of setting would be great after pandemic times. And also like it feeds you, right? It feeds you when you go elsewhere and you live a little bit elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but personally, yeah, I just, I want to travel. I want to like, I'm tired of being stuck because of the pandemic. So I really want to like meet David and Archie, just like go places and nice. not work for a little bit. You know, I don't want to shoot myself in the foot because I need work all the time. But you know, <laughs> but like, you know, like I, I want to take, I want to take a month and like take an exciting glamping trip or like, you know. Yeah. I love it. And then tell us I about um, boba tea. <laughs> your boba tea. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Don't drink that all in one sitting. You could get hurt. <laughs> okay. We have one audience question for you. Jaylene, why don't you go ahead and ask it? So Paul says, what were the greatest, what's the greatest challenge and greatest joy of working with Justin Jane? Oh, you know what? This is so funny. I'm like, maybe this is like Soviet of me, but like it's one and the same. The greatest challenge and greatest joy of working with Justin is Justin, you are so clear and exacting about your vision, uh, which is what I love because you raise the bar every day, every, even after lunch, you raise the bar. Like, so when we've gotten somewhere and I'm like, all right, I think we've got it. 
then we come back the next time and you're like, actually, what about this? So <laughs> the greatest challenge is I feel like I'm running to keep up, but it's also the greatest joy because I feel completely engaged and challenged in the best way. So I become better at, at what I do. And yes. it's really hard. It's really hard to do that. Like you're such an amazing director because you hold us with so much love and support. And within that, you're like, okay, you let's take this farther. Let's like yeah. up the ante. And so that feels really good. Feels oh, really I love good. I love hearing that. And it's, yeah. it was so helpful. I feel like I had different moments with you, Dan and Mel of just like, you need to slow down, Justin. Just like give us a second. And I'm like, oh, right, right, right. I'm just excited, y'all. But, but I'm so so happy with what what we did and that we were all running together. Uh, thank I'm you. I'm jealous. I I I can't wait to be directed by Justin. Oh, James. Uh, we will. We I think we would get very a one woman dream girls production. I am telling you, Jaylene, the one woman, your one woman dream girls will sell out, <laughs> go from city to city. I think it's going to be amazing. When is this happening? <laughs> when it's she won. <laughs> No, yeah. seriously, Jaylene, that would sell out. Like, mark it down. This is the episode of Papa Pank where we commit to this vision. <laughs> Jaylene okay, and one woman dream girls would be amazing and would sell out in every single city. I think we get we would get a cease and desist right right away. So it would have to be called like nightmare gals. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it'd have to be like something different. <laughs> different words. Oh um, my gosh! Well, okay. clearly we're all feeling silly and and joyful, so we might as well just go to our next segment: paint games. Okay. B, are you ready? I'm going to warm you up with just um, this first little bit, which is called rapid fire questions and rapid fire questions. This is just a warm up. Okay. Your, your fastest answer to 10 questions. Are you ready? Wait, yes. Okay. What's okay. the last dish you made? Wait, what? The last dish you made. A uh, ramen, a crunchy ramen salmon salad. Yeah, you did. Favorite snack. Pocky. Mm. Uh, a new pandemic hobby that you've picked up. Uh, uh, spending all day in my pajamas. <laughs> um, a pet peeve of a director. Uh, oh, oh, line readings. <laughs> <laughs> that is all I did. Uh, a person. No, you, did you did not. You did, I did not. not. I did not. But I would try to act. I'd be like, let me try it on. And then I would do it. And I'm no, like, no, no, but that was different. That was um, no. A person you can geek out about. A person I could geek out about? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Meryl Streep. No. Wow, I didn't know that. Comedy or tragedy? Comedy. I have um, too much tragedy in life. Comedy, I yeah. get it. A fun personal fact. Um, oh, my God. This is hard. A uh, uh, fun personal fact is, uh, if you don't know already, I am obsessed with my dog. His name is Archie Beef Noodle. He is half Mastiff and half Labradoodle, and he is my first son. Yeah, I love it. Okay, just a couple more. The movie or the book? The book. Hmm. Favorite song from a musical? Oh. Oh. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. 
Oh, that's song from Waitress that everyone sings. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, favorite <laughs> Vietnamese dish? Chakatila. What? What is that? You'll have to guess. No, it's, it's a fish dish, but it's served over dill and onions and noodles oh, and peanuts. Okay. Mm. Um, a dream role on stage or in film? Lady M. Yes. Mm. I want to, M, uh, Mackers is one of mine. So maybe someone out there will cast us as husband and wife. Yes. There you go. There you go. I can see okay. that. Something, and the last one is something pink. Something pink. Anything pink? Mm-hmm. My rosé. Yes. B, this last game is called Smush. And um, so the way this works is there's going to be three clues, and each clue has an answer that leads one into the next. So for instance, if the if the answer was um, Boys to Men and Blackjack, we would give you a clue about Boys to Men, the band, and then uh, Men in Black, the movie, we'd say maybe it's a movie starring Will Smith, and then Blackjack is a card game at the casino, right? You can only answer once you have all three locked in. Now, this is a game that our live studio audience that is watching can play. Sorry if you're listening to the podcast while you're doing your dishes, you could try to play there too. But if you in the uh, comments have the answer before we do, you can also play. So you'll get it in time. Jaylene, why don't you go first? Okay. First, I just want to say really quickly in regards to Mad Gab, EJ says, phonetic alphabet helping you out, Jaylene. <laughs> yes. I love me a good IPA, um, not the beer the international phonetic alphabet. Okay, here's my, here's my first smush. Okay, stick with me. First clue, you would give this command right before someone exits your room so you don't have people looking in your room when you want privacy. You would tell them this. Okay. okay. Second clue, Silk Sonic's first single, the name the name of the, the song. Right. Uh um, I'm a, I know the song. What's the, what's the, what's the, that that's the that 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 is the title. I'm a, so that's that's the second clue, and then the third clue is: if I was a professor, I would say you can stop by my office at any time because I have one of these. Can Wait, okay. okay, I think I have it. Wait, yes. Cl close yes. the door. Open door policy. Almost. Close the door. Keep the door. Wait. No, this. What is the second clue? The the Silk Sonic title. Isn't it? it is. uh, uh, keep my door open. Keep Not the door open. Keep, nope. Close EJ, EJ got it. Close the door. Leave. Close the door. Open. Oh, wait, they have the third one. No. Close the door when you leave the door. Open office hours. I have a open, open door policy. Uh, close the close the door. Close the door when you leave, leave the, the door. door. Open, open door policy. policy. <laughs> open door policy. Yes. <laughs> really, that was really hard. <laughs> you started the game really hard. Say thank you to Lawrence Owens for that. Okay, thank you, Lawrence. <laughs> um, 
All right. B, all three of mine are um, like Vietnamese themed or adjacent. So there's at least one clue. Okay. The first part is a Vietnamese sandwich that everybody loves. Very popular. Mm-hmm. The second clue is um, there are three words that all mean the same thing for self. Uh, for, for, and it's a Beyonce song. And there's like, there's a lot of songs about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one is a song by Whitney Houston where she just wants to move with a person. Mm-hmm. Okay. So bend me and I want to dance with somebody at the end. Yes. What's the middle one? Doi? No. Three words for self in Vietnamese? No, no. That There's yeah. just one Vietnamese clue in all of them. Oh, gotcha. Uh, Beyonce had a song about it. Um, I think Paul got it. Paul got it. Oh, oh. Me, me, myself, and I want to dance with somebody. I want to dance with somebody. Okay, go, Jaylee. We each have two more. Okay, okay, okay. This is uh, food-related. So first clue, my favorite food. It has noodles and a yellow okay. color. Mm-hmm. Often served at Thanksgiving and on any soul food platter. Second clue, a food you get at places that sell pizza. It's like sticks of pizza. Okay. And then the third clue is a dessert that is usually served warm with ice cream and or some kind of sauce. Sometimes it has raisins. Not, oh, am I allowed to guess? Yeah. Mac and cheese breadstick pudding. Bread pudding. Uh-huh. Sometimes it has raisins with ice cream on top and it's served warm. Yeah. It's- I think Paul got that one again. You you got it, B. Macaroni and cheese bread, bread cheesy bread pudding. Mac and cheesy bread pudding. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here we go. This is my second one. Um, this is a utensil, an eating utensil that um, a lot of Asian cultures and Vietnamese culture use to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one is another name for a tattoo, like a really crudely done tattoo that like people just do, or or it's an ancient, it's the ancient way of doing tattoos. And then the last one is a pattern with a lot of circles. So the utensil that you eat with, got that. Uh, an- another name for a tattoo that's like really done. Ink. No. <laughs> um, stick. Sticker. Stick. Like you it. Okay, and then the last one. The last one is a pattern with circle with circles. A pattern with. It's circles. all repeating circles. Polka dots. So put it all together. Hot stick poke. <laughs> I don't know if you'll get it. Chopstick and polka dot. A stick and poke. Oh, I've oh, never heard of that. A stick and poke. Okay. I've never or heard of that. So many new things. Okay. Our switches are hard today. Okay. I know. I'm not, I have a one that's hard. I'm not even going to do that one. We're going to do this one. First clue, a food you typically eat on your birthday and you put candles, but the flavor, but the flavor of this thing is the opposite of vanilla. So, okay. Uh-huh. The second thing is 
the thing you lick from the bowl when you're making that thing uh-huh. you eat on your birthday. And the third clue is a saying you might say to a baseball player who is about to swing. Chocolate, Chocolate cake, batter up. up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, you should have led with that one. That was the easiest one. Okay. My last one. <clears throat> this is uh, a Vietnamese musical that we were talking about earlier that it's okay for some actors to do, but wasn't for us. Um, the... The second one is a classic romance movie from the 30s with, um, well, not Cary Grant. Who is it? Um, it's set in like Civil War era. It's sweeping. It's epic. It's like oh, the yeah. first movie everybody thinks about. And then the last one is the story that is like Frog, not Frog and Toad, Mr. Toad. And like uh, there's a badger. There's like all these animals. And um, it's not, it's not earth water or fire it's the last one and then it the, it's a setting it's like a place the where the willows or no so put it all together okay okay saigon miss saigon with the wind and the willows yes be miss saigon <laughs> with the wind and the willows <laughs> that was good that was good and our pink papas they're they be on it and off they have it Almost at the end. Jaylene, take us home. Taking us home. Our last segment we got to do is our freestyle. Now, this, me and Justin are not freestyle artists, okay? We just like to get on here and have some fun. So I'm going to give, how do we usually do? You give me a clue, then I'll give B a clue, and then B, you'll give Jaylene a clue. She'll anchor us. Okay, Justin. Well, your clue today is food because we talked about food so much. Okay. Not your clue, your theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is uh, food. Food. It nourishes the soul. It makes me feel whole. I eat it to live. I eat it to give. The food of life is happiness and strife. So live each day and pave your way. Oh, yay! Yay! That was very sweet. All right, B, are you ready? Oh, my God, I'm not, but okay, let's see. Okay, let's let's see it. Um, Your theme is dogs. Oh, uh, I love my dog, Archie. Uh, We go out every day. He goes to the park. And we tug a rope and play. Yeah. Archie likes kibble uh, and a ball that he can dribble. I love my dog, Archie. We lay around all day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That was brilliant. <laughs> How much you love it. That is pure dog love, if I've ever seen it. Okay, give Jaylene her uh her theme. Oh, your theme is. New year. New year? Okay. Yes. As I said on my Facebook, Mondays are like a new year because you get to start over. You get to dictate your cheer. So on Mondays, wake up, make a plan, 
You are the author of your destiny. So in that, take a stand. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, Jaylene, I'm like feeling tense. I'm like, is she going to get this? And then Me she does. Me too. Me Every too. time. So, B, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, before you go, can you remind us of the two projects you have coming up? Uh, yes. Come to Arden Theater Company to see Backing Track this spring. And then in June, please uh, go see 1812's production of my show, In Search of the Kitchen Gods. Well, thank you so much. This was so awesome. Everybody, be sure to follow B on Instagram at Bijano or go to uh, her website, Bijano.com. This was awesome. Thank and you. For those who... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, B. Oh, I was saying just thank you for having me hanging out on a Monday night. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for being here. For those listening, for the spelling, it is B I J E A N N G. Oh, B. John, no, we love you. Thank you so much. Bye, friend. Bye. Woo, woo, woo. We did yes. it. Yes. Okay, so here we are at the end of the episode. Let's go into our pank forecast. So B told us their upcoming events. Now it's our turn to share some things to look out for in a segment we like to call pank Pank forecast. <laughs> Boom. So, Jaylene, what do you have coming up that you're excited about? This is a little while away, but I've got Fairview at the Wilma Theater, directed by James Imes, choreographed by Justin Jane over there. And that is opening May 31st through June 18th at the Wilma Theater. You can go to wilmatheater.org slash event slash Fairview. I will be playing the character of Jasmine. But until then, I am looking forward to my fibroid surgery this week. So send all your prayers for me out there, Pank Papas. Yes, and I have this week coming up. I'm teaching at UART starting tomorrow. I'm I'm and uh, this project that I've been working on with Applied Mechanics called Other Orbits. I'm going to tell y'all more about that in our next episode, which is when, Jaylene? Our next episode is going to be Wednesday, February 16th at 9 p.m. We are assuming that my surgery will go well. And so by February 16th, I should be back and ready to do the show. Uh, but we will, of course, yes. keep you updated. But uh yeah, yeah, we're going to have all the hearts in our eyes because it, that's right after Valentine's Day. Yeah. So remember, in addition to always being able to rewatch our past episodes when you're in need of a Papa Pank fix, you can also tune into our podcast every Monday. Mixed with current episodes, we continue to release our Pank Popbacks, which feature mm -hmm. interviews with our past guests and content you may have missed in the past year. Those have been beautifully edited by our studio editor, Tracy Cassius. And if you feel so inclined, feel free to donate. We are on Cash App, PayPal. You can email us at papapank at gmail. Any of your donations will be helpful. It helps us to have our stream yard and our, our podcast hosting site and give some stuff, give some love, monetary love to our studio editor. So any little bit helps. So if you can donate, please feel free. Yeah, and before we give our credits, what proverb uh, are you going to give me, Jaylene? So I don't know idioms and proverbs. I always get them wrong. So give me a situation where somebody might say something. You know, give us a proverb about starting off, you know, your week or your year, something like that. Oh, oh yeah. 
beginnings are just uh, the end of something else. Mm, 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 of something. Uh, yeah. Isn't that an actual saying? Is that a real saying? I I don't know. It is the now. Beginnings, beginnings are just the end else. of something else. Well, I don't know. Well, at any rate, we want to give some of our thanks. Jordan McCree, who wrote our music. Tracy A. Cassius, our studio editor. Our guest tonight, Bijan No, as well as all of our past guests and our followers, our Peng Papas, who may be tuning in for the first time right now or watching live. Thank you for tuning with us. Um, please plug us on social media. Subscribe to us on all the platforms. We love all of you out there. This was so much fun. Yes, we do love you. And with that... We will talk to you all February 16th. Okay.